0: Rebel Nation, it's time for the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline with your host, Gary Darby.
1: Brown fakes left, goes right himself, he's in the end zone, touchdown, old Miss.
0: Giving you the lowdown on the mighty Rebels for the past 25 years. Near side, there's a pitch, it's on the turf, and the Rebels recover it. Make your voice heard. Be part of the show by texting 662-426-1093.
1: Touchdown! John Rice Plumley faked it to Connor off the left side, kept it around the end, and takes it to the powder blue house.
0: 662-426-1093.
1: And here it is. We're underway in the Sugar Bowl.
0: And here's your host, Gary Darby.
2: I mean, players are getting shots that they weren't getting. and I mean, uh, Morrell, I mean, he was like Michael Jordan or something. And you've got Nasir Brooks. I mean, seriously, Chuck, can, I'm dating myself, but I mean, he's like Kareem Abdul-Jawar down there. I mean, they've got him shooting the skyhook and everything and
3: playing very well. We will catch up with Coach Kermit Davis coming up here at about 6.10, and then at 6.30 we'll bring in uh, our, our good friend Ben Garrett from the Omaha Spirit. And as I'm going to call it, as the transfer portal turns, we are going. Get, That's it. We're going to get in with a lot of the different things with him, uh, the coaching changes, uh, the players that are, you know, in the transfer portal. We have, you know, seniors saying, you know, not going to choose to come back going into the NFL draft. Uh, we'll catch up on all that. There've been some commitments today for Ole Miss, but there's been a lot, Chuck, since. Since I was last year and that we visited, and I guess it starts with a football game and, you know, almost playing in the Sugar Bowl didn't obviously go like you wanted. Matt Corral tried to play, got injured, and all that. But overall, that whole football season, take us back through your thoughts. And, and yeah, I know it may not have ended the way we wanted it, but uh, you got to look back as obviously one of the best seasons Ole Miss has ever put in. Oh, it was a
4: special season. First time they ever won 10 regular season games, and that's, that's historic. Um, You know, Baylor, hey, Take your hat off to Baylor. They, they whipped us. They whipped us in the trenches on both sides of the ball, but that doesn't, to, for me, it doesn't detract for the season. I mean, it was a really good season. Six and two in the SEC. I mean, uh, I'll take that every year. Some years that'll get you in the championship game as soon as Saban retires, <laughs> <laughs>
3: right? Right. But that that guy's got a game going on tonight that we'll touch on uh, a little that bit. That guy's later. got to retire sooner or sooner. later. My God! Come on, he's got enough, right? Yeah. I mean, how many do you want? But it may it may be one of those. You know how people are. Sometimes that when you retire, Bear Bryant, right? Retired and yeah. it didn't last very long. Yeah. Right? You know? some people need
4: it. You know, Gary, I, I still I still say that I I may have been. The last person to ever interview Bear Bryant really? before he passed away. Yeah.
5: Really? I went over
4: there for an old Miss Alabama game, basketball game. And I said, I was young and stupid. And I said, <laughs> I'll just go interview Bear sure. Bryant. And I walked up into his office and I asked his secretary, who was chain smoking, <laughs> I, I can't remember her name, Shirley or something. I said, Miss Shirley, I want to speak to uh, Coach Bryant. And she looked at me like I was crazy. Well, I could see his door was open, and I said, well, I'm sorry. I mean, I just thought I could speak to him. And I, all of a sudden, he started rumbling. He said, hey, Shirley. Shirley. If he's that damn stupid, let him come on back in here.
3: That's what I was about to say. You had the stones to go in there and do it, right? He
4: called it stupid. (laughs) Well, you know. But he was really good. We talked for about an hour, and I wrote a big story about it. And within two weeks, he was dead.
3: Oh, wow. You know, you need to write a book. A lot of people that have covered <laughs> these things over years. Yeah. You know, uh, David Kellum and I have talked about it often about yeah. being on the road and doing different things yeah. and experiences. and We whatever. all need to collaborate and get a, with a big, big to book together. <laughs> yeah. um, and we'll have to probably change the name to protect some of the innocent. Yeah. <laughs> along yeah, the way, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but the trips that are out there. Uh, I know, Gordon, that you probably gave huge money into this capital campaign and all the uh, new construction that's going on on the Omas campus. What about it? seems
2: like it's going good but
3: yeah uh i gave a little <laughs> well that's about all we can these days the man- we're, hey we're in radio that's right that's right <laughs> the manning center expansion started today and they hope to have that done in july of 2023 taking it from 181 and a half square feet to 221,000 square feet mm-hmm. uh kind of doing that we got college baseball's best venue changing a little bit more uh, we've got the soccer stadium, the softball complex, golf getting some work. Chuck, everything's moving and shaking in Absolutely. the Ole Miss
4: Athletics. If you're not improving, you're falling behind in this league.
3: By the way, our new segment brought to you by First South Farm Credit. We've got other news items and things we'll get to as the show goes along. But next, we're talking Ole Miss basketball with Kermit Davis.
1: Canon Motors is excited to be celebrating 65 years of serving you and your family. From the time my dad started Canon Motors in 1957, our goal has been to provide you with the best customer experience possible. Allow us to continue to serve you by contacting Canon Chevrolet of Oxford to bring home a new Tahoe or Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Cannon Deal. Nobody! Chevrolet, find new roads.
0: You know she's worth it. You're listening to the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors. Chuck here in the
3: studio, Gordon's on the Ford with us, Gary Chuck and Gordon with the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Tonight's Coach's Corner is presented by Gateway Tire. They've been serving us since 1929. They're in 54 locations across six different states. Gateway Tire goes the distance for you. Coach, welcome back to the show, and I guess um, that Murrell guy kind of went the distance for you in that last game against Mississippi State. Well,
6: they did. It was, uh, you know, it was a good start. Uh, good to see us come out and make shots, gain a lot of confidence, and you know you have four or five guys and double figures, and the ball shared in front of a really good crowd. Uh, so it's always a great night when you can beat state.
4: And you, and coach, you know, not not being negative here, but but you needed that win, didn't you?
6: Yeah, I mean we just and uh, you know, I've been fighting, you know, some injuries and right played our heart out at Tennessee and just had no ball security at the end and, uh, turned it over, you know, and are sitting right here leading the SEC early in the year? And it was especially a rivalry game at home. And, uh, and, I thought our guys prepared really well and we played really, really good. We, uh, you know, got up 20 in the second half, I think against a, a really good team as well, coach. So, uh, we were sure excited about, about getting the win there.
4: Well, and you, you mentioned earlier the, the factor of confidence, um, you know so much in this league is about confidence and that shirt certainly had to be a shot in the arm
6: yeah and you know a lot in this league doesn't matter what sports you play in the SEC uh you better go next play next game uh because they just they just keep coming <laughs> if you start feeling sorry for yourself because of a an injury or something like that nobody else does cuz these good teams just keep coming keep coming keep coming and uh So I thought it was was a great bounce back and then turn our full attention right to A&M tomorrow.
3: Gordon is with us from an undisclosed uh, location, Coach, uh, by phone. We'll let Gordon jump in. Jordan, got a question for Coach. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, Coach. Uh, You
2: play Texas A&M tomorrow night. Rebels have never beaten Texas A&M in that gym. Uh, They've got two really good guards, Quentin Jackson, Jackson and Marcus Williams. What do you think about them tomorrow night? And if you, a second question, look at the league right now, it just anyone can beat anyone on a given day, and I just don't think any team is truly separating itself from any of the others. Yeah, you
6: know, to answer the first question, uh, G, I think that, you know, A and M is playing really fast pace. Uh, they play four guards nearly the entire game. Sometimes they'll play a six, 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 seven guy at the four. Uh, but they really go up go up and down. Uh, a little unconventional defensively, do a lot of switching, you know, double-team the post, double-team some ball screens, and we've prepared for that. But you're right, I mean, in this league, like you go to the Big Ten, I was talking about this summer some Big Ten coaches, that league is like pretty conventional. There's not a lot of different styles in the Big Ten. In the SEC, there's just different styles every night, whether you play Tennessee, Mississippi State, and then now A&M. We play a conventional – kind of an unconventional style. So there's a lot of different preparations. Uh, and then you look at the league, and you're right. It doesn't matter if Vanderbilt goes to Arkansas and wins. and uh, You know, we have, you know, Tennessee kind of on the ropes. Or, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, any team can, can beat anybody. Uh, and I think you're just going to see the balance in the league. You know, right now, early on, I mean, Auburn's at Alabama uh, tomorrow night. And uh, Auburn looks like, you know, a team that's playing well. LSU, you know, I was off to a good start, got beat at Auburn. So you're right. You, you better go next game, prepare, uh, just try to get your team as, as you know, kind of on a, on a process of, you know, I told my guys today, you know, sometimes young guys, they can get, they get bored with the process. It's just scout after scout after scout. And boy, you got to live in the moment, be mature and, and do those things just time and time again. And the teams that can do that will have the most success.
4: You know, Coach – You know, y'all had a
2: game that was canceled early, the Florida game. Seems like that they're remaking that right now on January the 24th. I mean, how does that affect y'all?
6: Yeah, you know, I, I, we, we want to play the game. And uh, obviously want to play it for your players and your fans. And that's a big game for us, Florida at home. And it looks like right now it's, it's no official day, but they've given us a couple dates. That is one of them. It hadn't been declared official yet. But they're looking at like some Mondays. Gordon, you just try to fit them in, and you'll have a week of like, you know, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. But that's just kind of, you know, where it is right now to try to fit a a game up that's been canceled.
4: Coach, when I look at the box score for Mississippi State, you know, obviously the first thing that jumps out is four people in double figures. But I'm old school, and the two stats that I like seeing was 16 rebounds by Brooks and eight assists by Ruffin.
6: Yep, no doubt. I mean, Nas was a load. He never left the paint against, you know, uh, Mississippi State and Kentucky, the two best rebounding teams in our league and top 10 or 12 in the country. And so he was unbelievable. He was just physical all night, right from the start, chased offensive rebounds. And, you know, Chuck, I can't even imagine how many balls he got his hands on that he just, you know, that he just didn't grab, but it was just right there. And then on top of that, he blocks five shots. So he really affected the game and, in all the areas, you know, Deshaun, the first half was terrific. Seven assists, no turnovers. Second half, one assist, four turnovers. That's got to get better, you know, uh, but still, you know, young, some young guys are going to turn it over and you got to, you kind of got to live with it. But if he has three or four, he needs to double them up and get eight or nine assists. And uh, you know, so it's just like we talked about the last time we were together, man, he's just going to kind of do some fantastic things and, He'll do some freshman things, and he's just got to keep maturing. Uh, you know. But I know one thing, he sure makes a difference when he's out there helping to score points.
4: Does he Does he kind of free the other guys up? Because it looked like Matthew was open a lot, and it seemed like they were, I don't know, hedging toward Deshaun a lot. But I, but I don't know. I'm not a coach.
6: No, you're exactly right. That's what we have missed when he wasn't playing with us, Chuck. I know at times, you know, uh, the elite teams in college basketball, I mean, you have guys that can play off a ball screen or can just gain an advantage on their own, and then they can throw balls out and they force long closeouts and teams start playing. But you're right. He hit Matt two or three times. He draws defense. He knives two or three times. Uh, you know, the defense has collapsed. Even sometimes when he's in the paint. And he misses. He has drawn secondary defenders to try to block a shot. Now others are free to offensive rebound. So, yeah, he, oh, it's no doubt. I mean, he he just, he's a guy that that, that sees the floor. And, uh, you know, he's just kind of got to get a, to a point to where, you know, when not to and when to. But we're going to let him stay really aggressive.
3: Coach, last thing, and then we'll let you go. The, the Ole Miss fans want to know about the progression of Jarkel Joyner and what you see, if there's any information you can give us on him.
6: Yeah, uh, you know, Jarkel didn't make the trip with us. And, uh, you know, there's a possibility uh, that they're looking at, at maybe some kind of procedure with Jarkel, uh that would, mm. you know, probably put him out, you know, maybe four to six weeks. Uh, mm. You know, there's knee tried the other night, gosh almighty, he... For five minutes, you know, he almost played straight up, but he he gave us five and a half minutes, and then I called his name the second time, and, and he he just couldn't go. It just he's got a nerve problem that's hurting him, and and so there's you know he, he's got to get it corrected, and and so he's now seeing a group of doctors, and they're going to make a decision, and uh, so but he will we will not be available uh, with us tomorrow night.
4: So talk about Ty Fagan and how he's kind of come in and picked up some of the slack.
6: Yeah, you know, Ty, he's done it in our league. Uh, he does it like the other night. You know, he's had five assists, six rebounds. He does a lot of different things. Uh, he's real skilled. Uh, we've got to get him to, uh, to really try to go back and rebound it, even at a better clip, and then defend at a more physical rate. Uh, but I love having Ty out there on the floor. You know, and then a lot of times you see we're playing Luis even at the four. With Ty and Matt and then Deshaun, uh, Austin Crowley with, with obviously uh, uh, Jarkel not being with us as minutes will go up. Jarkel's got to, excuse me, AAC has got to be uh, more physical and, uh, and defend, and uh, so he's a really skilled passer. So, yeah, we're just kind of getting to other guys that, you know, that's got to pick it up and, uh, and play, and those guys have done a good job early in the SEC season.
3: Coach, uh, thanks for being with us tonight, as always, and good luck in the game against Texas A&M. Absolutely. Thank right. you, Coach. Good luck, Coach.
6: All right, man. Thanks for having me on. See you.
4: Hey, Gary, uh, for people interested, um, I've I've started an NIL fund. Okay. Uh, all you got to do is email me, Chuck, at OMSpirit.com with your cell phone number. I'll call you and explain to you what we're doing. It's going very well between my fund and the fund in Jackson called the Grove Collective. That's very good. A bunch of lawyers started it, excuse me, and it's uh, doing really well too. We're going to be able to get some good football players in here this year and then eventually help the other sports too. It's going to have to grow. Uh, But this year we got started late, so the main thing is, Chuck at OEMspirit.com for your NIL participation. Send me a cell phone, and I'll give you a call.
3: All right, we'll repeat that a little bit later on. Ole Miss beating Mississippi State in men's hoops, 82-72. Twelve of the last 17 games have gone to the red and blue in men's basketball. That's crazy. That's pretty good. Back with more in a moment.
0: Them open and they smell like ladies Lion.
5: miss.
0: Lawsuits have been filed by parents of premature babies who died or were seriously injured of necrotizing enterocolitis after being given Similac or Enfamil infant formula. The law office of Dan Mars is currently accepting necrotizing enterocolitis cases in all 50 states. If your child was injured or died after being given Similac or Enfamil baby formula, please call the law office of Dan Mars immediately for free consultation at 1-800-650-2152. That's 1-800-650-2152.
1: Canon Motors is excited to be celebrating 65 years of serving you and your family. From the time my dad started Canon Motors in 1957, our goal has been to provide you with the best customer experience possible. Allow us to continue to serve you by contacting Canon Chevrolet of Oxford to bring home a new Tahoe or Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Canon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, find new roads.
0: More of the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors, coming up next.
3: Well, we thank Gomez Coach Kermit Davis for being on with us. His team coming off the big win against Mississippi State-Texas A&M tomorrow. 7.30 is the tip-off time for that one. Uh, You can hear the pregame show uh, with voice of the Rebels, David Kellum, coming up at 7 on all of these same stations you're listening to. The Rebel Yell Hotline. It's time for the text messages presented by Canon Cleary McGraw and a couple of things. And the first one uh, that comes our way, and really both of them, Chuck, are involving recruiting, and and one is if Ole Miss signs a portal quarterback. And if they do, does that factor in on the recruitment of Arch Manning?
4: I don't think so. I mean... Uh,
3: Arch has another year of high school. Yeah. You're, you know, you're bringing yeah. a guy in for a season, maybe two. Look, I, I, I know... Red shirt things don't often happen. Eli took a year, right? But let me say, let me say
4: this: the Mannings are big in development. Right? Archie almost demanded that Eli was red shirted. You know, because we had an established quarterback in Romero Miller, and and Archie almost dictated. Look, I want Eli to red shirt. I want him to understudy for a year, and then I want him to start for three years. And that's exactly what happened. They want development, and I don't think us having a two-year starter or one-year starter while he's a puppy is going to hurt at all. And let's say I'm going to say something else about Arch Manning. Okay, I'm not saying we're going to sign Arch Manning, but we don't need to worry about the nil money with Arch Manning because wherever Arch goes, the money's going to follow him with a Nike or Under (laughs) Armour or a Chevrolet or a T and T. Those people are going to go where Arch goes. It's not going to be up to the old Miss people to come up with money to pay Arch Manning
3: with an NIL. It's just not. I agree. Second one is, what's the one big fish that Kiffin wants to get recruiting-wise? Oh, I think Caleb Williams. Top, top
4: of the order. You know, and, and – you know, I, I think that's kind of a little bit of a pipe
3: dream, but we're in it, so you never know. And then there's, as we're sitting here and the television's on and it's scrolling, Jackson Dart from USC oh, also in there.
4: Yeah, obviously going to be a
3: target for and, Ole Miss. And he is as well. So, no question. So I think that uh, that is it. Uh, well, and in fact, as we're talking about it, the text message comes in as I, I hope we seriously look at Jackson Dart from Southern Cal. Thoughts? And so there we are, Walt. They I, are. I, yeah, 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 They are. I, they have to.
4: Yeah. They have to. And they have to look at Caleb. I mean, so, you know, whether they, uh, regardless of where either one of them go, if you don't throw your hat in the ring, you're not going to get them. That's the, for sure. The
3: news recently in the Transfer Portal, we're going to get with us and Ben Garrett in the next segment is a lot of defensive guys have already put their commitment in but as we talked about nothing signed nothing delivered until until we get there all right so there's a quick look at the text messages we thank you for that the rebel injury report from oxford orthopedics and sports medicine what do you have there
4: well you just heard kermit talking about uh jarkel joiner back injury missed the tennessee game couldn't go much against mississippi state and he's talking about a procedure that's going, going to keep him out four to six weeks, and that's that's a pretty big blow for the Rebels. But here's my thinking. If Matthew Morrell keeps playing like he's playing and Ruffin keeps getting better and better and better, I'm not saying we're not going to miss Jarkel, but
3: they can overcome the absence
4: of Jarkel.
3: And you saw what Ty Fagan can do in the Tennessee game. Yeah, If he continues it as well, and as he mentioned, uh, Austin Crowley's got to step up, play mm-hmm. more minutes, and do those Just kills your depth,
4: yeah. you know, uh, without the extra body in there. Uh, the one I want to see contribute more is Rodriguez. I, I think Luis needs to, you know, start putting the ball in the hole a little bit. And, and uh, he's a good defender, but uh, he's got to do more.
3: Yeah. Uh, Gordon, I know – I Rodriguez, agree with you, Chuck, and he's
2: yeah. missing a lot of shots. And, you know, he's played – you know, tremendous for Ole Miss in the past, but all of a sudden it's just like he's really struggling scoring.
3: Somebody's got to help big, big here to rebound the basketball. Yeah, I mean he's doing the tremendous job. He grabbed eight offensive, eight defensive the other night. I felt so, you know look, give a game effort for the guys that played on that uh, Knoxville floor and had mm-hmm. that game and then just lost it in overtime by the end of it. Brooks was among many that could barely get up and down the floor. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. he had to play so many well, minutes. Well,
4: Sammy Hunter's got to
3: – he's just
4: one. got to come in and give us 12 or 15 good minutes at the yeah. and, and it's five spot. You know, I mean, it's just got to happen for us to be successful. Don't you agree, Gordon?
2: Oh, without a doubt. And, you know, he talked earlier about playing Eric Van Der Hergen. I hope I said his name right. The 6'9 kid out of uh, – North Carolina, but evidently I just don't think physically they feel he's ready to go. And yeah. But, you know, if it gets down to it, I think you may have to use him because Sammy's not giving you a lot right now.
3: Yeah, let's throw him out there and see. Right, you know? I think, though, and, and we've all been around it enough to know, the rotation is <laughs> truthfully only going to be seven or eight guys anyway. You're not going to go much deeper than that. You're going to need – that guy like what we're talking about to play that five to ten minutes mm-hmm. more with Sammy Hunter, I think. Yeah. But you're going to yeah. have your five uh, that he's going to start, and then he's going to have you know we're going to have to ask, like you said, from from Rodriguez and from Crowley and from Hunter. Those guys have got to be in and around. Yeah, one ten guy, a game.
2: we I hate to interrupt you, that we haven't mentioned, He played pretty good the other night is Breakfield, and he's yeah. still six eight or nine. Yeah. And you know, of course, he's not posting up a lot, but I mean, he was a five-star recruit, high school All-American, signed at Duke. I mean, I think you get a little bit more in him, and maybe so now, because you're cutting your rotation down so low that he's, he may end up shining because he's playing a lot more.
4: I'd like to see him get down on the block a little more, though, Gordon. Uh, he likes I'm to stay you. out there and shoot those threes, and that's good, but I, I want to see him get more physical and finish – tougher like a six nine guy is supposed to
2: no doubt about it yeah i mean he's definitely supposed i mean he's got the talent he just hadn't put it together and i think if you got him clicking and even though your rotation is down you know of course you're missing allen big time but i think once you've got him in there and and can help out that being breakfield, uh i think uh you could be a lot better team
3: I think, in, and Gordon, you brought it up, looking at the entire league. I mean, Vanderbilt's gone to Arkansas and won, but then they lose a the game at home. And other teams are, you know, finding wins any given night. Anything can happen. And with Ole Miss, I mean, you know, it's, Ty Fagan didn't necessarily have the best game, but he was able to give 29 minutes in that game and do some things. When Ole Miss can get three or so of those five playing together, the way they did against State, they're, they're going to win some games.
4: Well, I'm old school now, like I said, against Kermit. If you've got a good point guard and you got somebody in the blo- on the blocks that can play like Brooks and like Ruffin at point guard, you got a shot.
3: That's right. That's right. A&M that's tomorrow. That's we'll a be back point. with uh, more as Ben Garrett joins us on the other side of the Canada Motors <laughs> Rebel Yell Hotline.
5: Oxford Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Board Certified Surgeons are specially trained for you and your family from dad's knee replacement to your son's football injury. Leaders in orthopedic care, Oxford Orthopedic can treat any of your orthopedic needs close to home. Locations in Oxford, Batesville, Grenada, Hernando, Cleveland, Calhoun City, and Pontotoc. Official orthopedic team physicians for Ole Miss Athletics. To make an appointment, call 662-513-2000 or visit OxfordOrtho.org. Mighty Toddy, gosh, you mighty. Hello, folks. Sleepy Steve's here with Sleepy Steve's Wholesale Furniture and Mattresses. We're a large supplier of mattresses and furniture. Come see us for all your furniture needs. 1218 Sunset Drive, Grenada, Mississippi, 711B West Park Avenue. Go, Rebels, and remember, it ain't easy being sleepy. It ain't easy.
0: Old Miss football, basketball, baseball, and more are all right here on the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Canon Motors.
1: Welcome to the
3: second half of the Cannon Motors Rebel Yell Hotline. Gary, Chuck, and Gordon on the phone with you tonight. And also, Ben Garrett has made his way in from the Ole Miss spirit. Ben, at the the top of the show, I called it as the transfer portal turns. Welcome to this segment uh, of the program uh, tonight as we get ready to talk about things. It's brought to you by Mars, Mars, and Mars. My man, how are you? I'm good, Gary. How are you? Yeah, you know, better than I deserve, but probably not as good as I want to be. You know what I'm saying?
6: Oh, that's such a good radio answer. You're so good <laughs> at this stuff.
3: <laughs> oh, Chuck and I were talking about that in the break. It's just the fact you do it for so long, you, you just learn to make things and, and just roll with it, right?
6: Well, Chuck just needs somebody to throw stuff at him constantly. That's all. And I he'll did. just ramble on and on. Hey, and on. look, so you're I, great at just throwing stuff at him. Yeah,
3: look, my fastball is 55 at best, and so there's no way I can throw it by him. Hey, hey,
0: but that curveball is filthy. Nasty,
3: Ben Garrett. It's nasty. There
0: it
4: is. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the uh, Led Zeppelin song, Ramble On. It's
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah.
3: There he is. Yes. I've
6: like right, heard buddy. from you enough today, Chuck, but hey. I got
3: <laughs> Look, I'm among the thousands that are reading every day what you're putting out there, along with uh, Mr. Barry and Moore, on all the people that are transferring out in, coaches leaving and, and whatnot. <laughs> I know There's not a typical day for you, but what has it been like following all this stuff, Ben?
6: It's been pretty fun, to be honest with you. It's pretty entertaining. It reminds me a lot of NFL free agency because in a lot of ways it is free agency in college yeah. football. And now everything that used to kind of be below board has been brought above board, and we're just doing it all out in the open now, and everyone <laughs> can kind of follow it in that way. And it's made for a pretty entertaining deal, but it also has expanded the map and expanded the schedule to where it used to be you used to operate in these windows of when recruiting would really be hot and heavy. Well, now it's a year round process and you're not going to see Ole Miss finishing up the final touches on this roster until when they start practices in August, there's a kid for example, that could get in the portal eventually that uh, this is just an example that maybe they don't talk to or can't get until some to the summer. Well, you're still talking about recruiting in June. That's something that we just used to not do. It used to be about Ole Miss baseball, right? But now it's recruiting all the time. So it's made it, um, pretty hectic, and, and it constantly changes, and it's very fluid. But it's a lot of fun too. And uh, you know, I think we've uh, had some fun with it, some fun with it on the Old Spirit so far.
4: And you're finally earning your money <laughs> since it's year round. I've been earning my money with you for about ten years. Did you just come out of retirement? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Hey, hey, hey uh, so I got one question for you before we really delve into this portal stuff. Um, as heavily as they seem to be looking at the portal, Ben, do you think there's going to be hardly any signed in February high school kids?
6: I don't think they're going to sign anybody in February that are high school kids.
4: Um, Zero. Zero.
6: It, well, I just don't expect it, no. Um, one of the names that I would heard was Matthew McCoy, an offensive line out of Florida. Offensive lineman out of Florida. But then Matthew McCoy comes out with his top five and almost isn't in it. And I hadn't really heard much of anything about Matthew McCoy, who visited during the season since about mid-December. And I think it's a particular focus for Ole Miss and their strategy here because what what they ran into after the COVID stuff and the expanded rosters and now being hard-capped back to 85 is they have a numbers crunch, a real numbers crunch. So you've seen a large influx of guys from Ole Miss enter the portal, go to the draft. And that might signal in previous years, oh, panic, what's going on? Something's going on here. But that's not the case at all. That was expected. They have to have that kind of a roster purge just to sign enough kids, not only in high school, but the portal kids they need in particular positions of interest. So while it seems like there's a lot of turnover, I've been saying this, but you got to repeat yourself sometimes because people don't really listen to you, and they shouldn't because I'm an idiot. But if they did listen, what I was saying was, is the way you view roster construction and recruiting is going to have to change because you're not ever go- you've never seen before what's about to happen in Ole Miss recruiting. That's exactly what's taking place. You've seen overwhelming numbers hit the portal and also a ridiculous number of kids every single day getting in, and it's not going to stop. So um, I, I don't really think that they're prioritizing high school players. I think they got done what they think they needed to get done in December. Right now, it's all about the portal because there are a lot of positions of need for them, and it's not just quarterback to compete with Luke Altmeyer or to win the job outright. There's not just wide receiver. You're talking about tight end and a potentially an offensive lineman and defensive lineman. I mean, there's so many different positions, and it's not like they're going and signing a kid that's like a one-year guy. I mean, I know Young's got three years of eligibility. So you tell me what you would rather do as a coach right now if you know that, what, you got to win in three years? Why would you go sign a high school kid that's going to take a couple years to contribute and you might not even get to coach him? Or Aysheem Young, who's a freshman All-American safety, but has got three years of eligibility. So oh, yeah. No-brainer there. It's change, yeah, it's just changing the way you view it and how college football is operated. We're at a turning point in college football. I mean, this is the truth. I mean, this is, what you're used to seeing is not how it's going to be anymore. This is a new reality. And um, if you're not used to it, well, you better get used to it quick because it didn't change it. It's just only going to get worse.
4: Hey Ben, so in the last couple of weeks, uh, running back Zach Evans uh, mm-hmm. tr- in the transfer portal from uh, TCU committed. Ishim um, Young, the safety from Iowa State transfer, committed, and then uh, at the Army All American game, Davison Noson, which was expected, uh, committed. Yeah, so had let's, the
6: paperwork since let, December.
4: That's three pretty big dominoes right there as far as what they need considering that Jake Springer's gone, Snoop connor has gone, uh, you know, some other DBs are gone. So two, three, three areas really filled right there.
6: Oh, absolutely huge because not only is Jerry On Ely going into the draft, but Snoop Connor's going into the draft too. So while they love control Bullock, and they love control Bullock, you need a lead horse for that room. And Zach Evans, I was told – is like a good combination of Jerry on and Snoop. So that's a huge land. Um, and you, you mentioned a couple of others, but one that doesn't need to be dismissed here. I Young is a massive, massive get. I mean, this is a player that everybody wanted. Everybody wanted. And it's really competitive out there. Chuck, you know better than anybody. It's really competitive out there right now in the transfer portal. So unless you have NIL deals lined up and you got all your T's crossed and all your I's dotted, you're not getting a kid like that. That's an instant impact player that is inarguably one of the top three players talent-wise on their defense without having played a snap yet next year. And he's stepping in for Jake Springer, who we all know the value that Jake Springer had. And then I've heard that there's a commitment imminent from Central Michigan linebacker Troy Brown. And you look at what Ole Miss has lost. Chance Campbell's gone. Uh, Mark Robinson's gone. Lakia Henry's gone. Momo Sinogas transferred to Louisville. This is a step-in, instant-impact starting linebacker that now you have a real need at that position. So they're getting done. And this was always the plan. I know there's a lot of panic initially just because maybe the December signing class wasn't ranked what you wanted to be ranked because you're used to fall in a particular way. Or um, Ole Miss was missing out on a Dylan Gabriel or at quarterback, and you start to think that the sky is falling. Well, the plan is actually playing out pretty well for them. Zach Evans was the number one running back in the country in 2020. They almost got him in 2020. To get him now especially once you lose on Ely and Snoop Connor, it's a big deal. That's a really big deal. Now, they still got work to get done in the wide receiver. I like Jordan Watkins a lot, but we can't forget about other guys, too, that they've already brought in, like Jalen Knox. He's going to start a slot, potentially, for them next year. So this has always been the plan, and I think that they're really accomplishing their goals here in the portal. It maybe hasn't followed what Ole Miss fans would like to have seen it do or whatever as far as momentum and kind of how you landed these kids and when they came in and how you announced them and stuff. But if you pull out and look around and just kind of observe it from an objective point of view, they've really done exactly what they said they were going to do. Go yeah. lighten high school prospects and attack the portal, and they had a plan for the portal. So far, it's worked out. they just need to, they got to get the quarterback, but so far, it's worked out pretty well for them.
4: Well, there was two Good. things that Lane, Lane Kiffin said when he got here, and one was he was going to use analytics and go for it a lot on fourth down, whether we liked it or not. <laughs> And the other thing was that, uh, that he was going to use there's the transfer portal. Some anger in your
6: voice there when you said that, too, whether we like it or not. Like, well, there's the a couple of
4: times I was. didn't like it, okay? <laughs> and I wasn't bashful in saying it. <laughs> but that's okay. Oh. He, he said he was going to do it. He's the head coach. So let's roll. Uh, but also he said he was going to use the transfer portal heavily, and he and he has.
2: He has. and he hey, Ben, Gordon, Gordon Ford here. Uh, you know, you, we've talked about all the transfer portal and all the coaches leaving and that sort of thing. What do you think? You know, of course, you've got Charlie Weiss Jr. there now. Uh, defensively, you know, it seems like Partridge is going to get that. Tell me what you uh, what you think about these guys and how it's going to impact the team.
6: Well, as far as Charlie Weiss is concerned, um, I think the familiarity there with Lane Kiffin and the working relationship they had at FAU, which was collaborative and everything done together, but Lane had more of a say-so. He, not that he didn't with Jeff Levy, but Jeff Levy did call the plays. Lane did have Trump power, veto power. But now um, with Charlie Weiss, I think you'll see even even more of a collaborative effort, and that working relationship is intriguing. I mean, you could argue that Charlie Weiss Jr.'s offenses at South Florida weren't impressive, and they weren't. But once you look at what they did together and that relationship – that's really intriguing. It makes a lot of sense for the guys he was targeting to kind of keep this thing the way he wanted it and to keep it structurally the way he wanted it. And same thing with Chris Partridge. I don't think there's really any other option for him because of all the attrition with the coaching staff. And Chris Partridge is undoubtedly one of the top three recruiters, if not top two, if not the best recruiter on this entire staff. So if you want to talk about Aishim Young, who got him, that's Chris Partridge in the primary. Uh, Troy Brown, Randall Joiner, Chris Partridge. I mean, he's involved in everybody of consequence. So while you might have some trepidation about putting him as the full-time guy without DJ and and working together like Charlie and Lane would work together, I think that it's a no-brainer. It's not like he hasn't called plays before. It's not like he didn't work hand-in-hand with DJ Durkin. He was the co-defensive coordinator. And the biggest pull is look who's been so responsible, primarily responsible for such great talent being landed the last handful of classes is Chris Parcher's leading the way. So I, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, maybe you would want a little bit more splash with one of your coordinators, but to be honest with you, Lane Kiffin is the splash. And Lane Kiffin has more than earned the benefit of the doubt as far as his staff changes and decisions that he's made because Ole Miss is coming off of winning 10 games and going to the Sugar Bowl. So I think Chris, I think Chris Partridge is a no-brainer. Charlie White, I get the questions, but I'm really intrigued by that working relationship and that passion that they have and how successful they were together at FAU.
3: When you look at Chris Parker, I mean,
2: there'll be a coach short. You're hearing rumors that Kiffin may bring his brother, Chris Kiffin in. What have you heard about that? That he could bring Chris Kiffin in. I mean, that's
6: uh,
2: a role that we, me and Chuck haven't
6: been able to pin down, but uh, that's definitely something that's being considered. Chris had an offer on Thursday night and he was considering it. So now that the Brown season is over, he can make a decision at any point, Um, but I don't know what he would be coming here a coach i mean chuck's heard some things i've heard some things we just really haven't been able to nail that down to where we feel comfortable reporting it um but christian robinson's a candidate he was an interim defensive coordinator and linebackers coach under dan wellin in florida he's another guy that could potentially come in and have a spot on the staff so uh there are a lot of different options out there um and, and if it were to be chris kiffin man i think the word of chris kiffin he's a hell of a coach and um great recruiter good recruiter too so, Yeah, great recruiter, and Christian Robinson, same thing, man. He's a dynamic recruiter, and at the end of the day, and I think everyone would agree with this, it's about the players. Can you get good players? Because a lot of these coaches try to fancy themselves as the smartest guy in the room as far as coaches are concerned, but they all kind of know pretty much the same stuff, get good players, and I think that's right now being prioritized. Can you get me good players? And that's why Chris Partridge – makes the most sense in the world as defensive coordinator, not only for his patch experience there, but also for his recruiting prowess. Same thing with guys like Chris Kiffin. Chris Kiffin's a great coach, but even more than that in college, he's a great recruiter. So if that's how it ends up, I think it's a home run for Ole Miss.
3: It was a a football game coming on in in just a few minutes with teams with good players, right? (laughs) I mean, really good players. Crazy
6: how that works, right? Yeah,
3: it does work that way. And you answered my question, but I kind of want to follow with it anyway. With these guys that are committing to transfer in, the one that we've talked about, am I wrong to think that that does lead that Chris Partridge is still a part of this coaching staff, obviously a very big part of this coaching staff, or they wouldn't be committing right now?
6: I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Now, um, there is nothing binding these kids that commit as transfers to these schools. And that's not just Ole Miss. That's anywhere. So if Chris Partridge isn't elevated, which we all expect, but if he isn't elevated, it is no guarantee that Chris Partridge is here. And if Chris Partridge isn't here, there's no guarantee that Aishim Young is here. So I do think getting the commitment today, with everything we're hearing about Chris Partridge getting elevated, I think it's a fair and safe assumption to make that he's going to be the defensive coordinator. And um, I really think it's the smartest move to make. I mean, there there's so many guys you could talk about as potential fits for Ole Miss a defensive coordinator, but uniquely for this job and what Ole Miss needs, not just from its defensive coordinator but its primary recruiting guy, Chris Parsons checks every box. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that's a good point that you make there, that if you look around and kind of just read the tea leaves. It makes well, the uh, most sense. You're kind of connecting the dots. It's pretty obvious at this point, but until it's official, it's not official.
0: That's because right. Recruiting
6: and in coaching stuff, never count you know, never count your chickens before they hatch. So,
4: well, it, what makes it even more sense is that uh, he he was co defensive coordinator and and helped install right. this system. So he's got right. intimate knowledge of this system that they're using. You don't have to bring in a guy to learn a system or teach a new system to the existing players. Um, and so continuity that, matters, man. It matters. Yeah,
6: I mean, and yeah. I think it doesn't get uh, enough credit. This continuity for the success and keeping on the success, especially when you got an off season like Ole Miss has had, where there's been so much turnover as far as personnel, not just with players but coaching staff. That continuity is a big deal. So I'm, I'm with you on that one. I think knowing that he worked intimately and it was part of the game planning, part of the cause, played an active role in all that it just makes the most sense. I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it just makes the most sense. And it looks like
4: that's where it's headed. Uh, uh, the, uh, Charlie Weiss hire, I was going to add a little bit to what you said, Ben, I, I believe that that's a signal that Lane Kiffin wants to get back more into the play calling aspect of offense. Cause that's his strength. I mean, let's, let's oh, be honest. 100%. He's, he's yeah. one of the most dynamic play callers probably in football on any level. Um, uh, so, you know, that's, that's, I think what you said that him working together before and they worked beautifully together. But I think it, when they were at FAU, that, uh, Lane did a lot of the play calling and I think he'd like to get back to that.
6: Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Not to say that he was in any way disappointed or had a bad, you know, game day relationship play-calling relationship with Jeff Levy. That's not what we're saying at all. No, But I do think he does want to take, like you said, a more an even more active role because what is he the best at? You can have your quibbles about recruiting. You can have your quibbles about overall organizational structure, some stuff like that. You can have your quibbles. But when it comes to offensive play-calling and game-planning and figuring out how to score against the defense, there are very few people in college football that you want making those calls over Lane Kiffin. And That's I right. think – be more active in that way, knowing that you don't have that Heisman candidate quarterback anymore. <laughs> you know? Mm. I mean, that, that's a big deal. So yeah. not to have the Heisman quarterback and, and knowing that you got a lot of turnover and it's going to be a lot of new, even with how talented a Zach Evans is or whoever they get at quarterback, Jackson, Dart, you name it, a quarterback to compete with Luke Altmaier, whoever your quarterback is, all the turnover at wide receiver. You all right, we, we've got 30 seconds.
4: 30 seconds, Alabama or Georgia?
6: I don't care. It's not Alabama. All right. Good not answer. It's Al- not Alabama. Okay, I do care. Not Alabama. Just not Alabama.
3: <laughs> I think we're all feeling that way, Ben. Thanks for being with us.
6: Thank you. All right, guys. See
3: you later. All right, Ben Garrett, Ole Spirit. We'll give you all the ways to get in touch with him and more as the show rolls along. we got a few things left to go, including Chuck's good, bad, and ugly on the other side.
5: Joystick Restaurant Arcade, Oxford's newest place to eat, drink, and play is excited to say that we are now open for lunch. Starting at 11 a.m., seven days a week, we are now open for lunch. And yes, we have the burgers. Yes, we have the wings. But have you heard about them awesome carne asada fries, steak and shrimp fries, or the awesome fajita fries that everyone has been raving about? If not, you need to get the joysticks, man. Call 380-5249 or come see us at 1801 Jackson Avenue West, right across the street from Dairy Queen.
0: More of the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors, coming up next.
3: Good show here on January the 10th, 2022. The Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Kermit Davis on early. Ben Garrett there with the Ole Miss Spirit. You can follow him all along the way. Keep up with his recruiting each and every day on the Ole Miss Spirit. We'll uh, get Chuck to talk about that in the NIL one more time before we go. But... Red and Blue Chips recruiting segments brought to you by Go Orthodontics since 1976. They've got places in Oxford, Saltillo, South Haven, Corinth, Collierville. Look them up. Go Orthodontics. The recruiting news. What we got? Well, obviously what Ben, reiterate what Ben said, they're they're going
4: heavy into the transfer portal. Uh, Already gotten running back Zach Evans, wide receiver Jordan Watkins, the Louisville transfer. Ashim Young committed today from Iowa State transfer. All three of those are top-quality guys that they anticipate coming in here and starting. Uh, there's high hopes that linebacker Troy Brown from Central Michigan is going to commit soon. That would be another good get. And then, of course, they're in the quarterback sweepstakes uh, with Caleb Williams, Jackson Dart, and, and no telling who else, you know, because they, they got to get a quarterback in here. There's no no doubt about that. they got a b- big high school commitment from Davison, Igbignos at the Army All-American game. Even though we knew that was coming, it was good to see it official. Uh, and then, you know, they, they, they've got 10 or 12 more transfer people targeted that, you know, we're really not at liberty to say much right now, but believe me, they're working them hard. They know who they want. They've targeted them, um, and they basically know with the NIL market what they'll cost when they get here. Uh, even though they can't talk to a, a recruit about that, um, you know, th- they can they can show comparative NIL deals they have with people already here. They can do that. So, you know, it's it's going to be. Uh, interesting
3: to see how the next ten days really shakes out. Amazing, and now we're seeing that you know Alabama and Georgia's like we got to get a hold on this NIL thing. It's like now that everybody else can do it and it's legal, we we got we got to get a handle on this, boys. We got to get a <laughs> well, <handle."
4: laughs> but you know, but but they're two of the leaders of college football. So and, change for them, you know, and I I kind of congratulate them for doing that because. They could hang in there with the free-for-all, too, you know. And they will. <laughs> and they will. But it, that's what it is. It's a free-for-all, and it's too much. And, it, you know, when you start seeing million-dollar players,
3: uh, that's absurd. That come have on. never left high school yeah, come on. and still haven't played in the one we talked about before. Come on. Good, bad, and ugly. We'll bring this one to you with Big Delta Power Sports, our friends, bringing it to you.
4: All right, good. If anyone needed a win worse than Kermit Davis to get things going on the right track, you'd have to tell me who. Well, he got it in the form of 82-72 win over Mississippi State with Matthew Morrell going off for 31 points while missing only one shot the entire game. Deshaun Rufford added 17 points. Jamin Brakefield and Nizir Brooks added 15 apiece in the win. But what I liked the most was Brooks had 16 rebounds, and Ruffin had eight assists. This was a big win for the Rebels, uh, a team that's kind of been up and down a little bit and, and needs to find their identity. I think Ruffin gives them some identity, and if, and if he can keep freeing up Matthew Morrell, and Morrell keeps shooting, you know, 45%, 50%, we're going to be hard to beat. A big win today in recruiting, too, Um Ashim Young, a transfer from DB from Iowa State, committed to the Rebels. He's expected to take Jake Springer's place as a downhill-type safety. A huge get for the Rebs because Jake Springer is definitely going to be missed. The bad, well, unfortunately, the Rebels got mad-handled in the Sugar Bowl by a bigger, stronger, and more mature Baylor team. Most people don't realize this, Gary, but... uh, Several of the players on both lines of scrimmage, uh, on defense and offense for Baylor, were 60-year guys, 23, wow. 24 years old. And that maturity makes a difference, even though I'm not using that as an excuse. Uh, the Rebel quarterbacks were sacked ten times. The defense played real good football for three quarters, but they just got worn down in the end by a rugged run game. The Bears, as we said prior to the game, More like a top-notch SEC team than a Big 12 squad as far as physicality, and it showed in the Sugar Bowl. The ugly, well, it's so sad that the storied career of Matt Corral ended with an ankle injury in the first quarter of the Sugar Bowl. He didn't deserve to go out that way, but football's a cruel sport at times. The good thing is that it's just a sprain and not a break, so he should be ready for any NFL tryout workouts and the combine. So, uh. Good luck to him. He he deserves all the best that he can get.
3: Absolutely, uh, Gordon. Thanks for joining us. Take care of yourself. Before we Thank let you, you go, um, Alabama or Georgia? I'm liking Georgia, man. Yeah, it scares me. I think a lot of people are like you know. One Georgia. other
2: thing. I know uh-huh. we only got a few seconds left, but we talk about the NFL playoffs. What about Rich Bisaccia, who used to be a former Ole Miss assistant? Now I the interim it. head coach of the Raiders taking the Raiders to the the NFL playoffs.
4: I love it for him. I hope he gets a shot at
3: that job. Has he? So he had, yes, I don't, yeah. I so think he's got yeah. – Good luck to him. I think he's – get. I think that should get him. <laughs> you know? I would. I, I mean, would. the way he's taken it, the players obviously have, have gotten around him and, and gone through there. All right, I think I've made it known. I would like Georgia to win the game, but I'm probably going to go ahead and say Alabama because – it's just what they do. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Well, it's hard to beat a team twice in the same year, and Georgia is a quality team. But I think, I'm like you, I think the difference is going to be at quarterback. Uh, if Bennett could have a good game, Georgia's right in it. But if he doesn't, Bryce Young is going to eat him up.
3: Rhino's back in the studio. Rhino, I don't even know if you care. Do did you, did you care at all about the football game today?
4: Uh, I'll be pulling for Georgia just because uh, I'm, I'm kind of like Ben. Anybody but Bama.
3: <laughs> you know, I think it's general consensus. Yeah, uh, along that's enough Bama, isn't it? Well, without a doubt. All right, thank you for being with us, too, uh, Rhino. We'll we'll do this next week.
4: Yes? Chuck at OMSpirit.com dot com to help with NIL, the Rebel NIL. Do it one more time. Chuck at OMSpirit.com to help with Rebel NIL. Just... Send me your phone
3: number, and I'll call you. That's the way we do it. All right, we'll be back Monday, 6 to 7. We'll do this again. The Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. So long.